Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get the lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. And I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Good money to you, Coach Sarkeesian. Coach, a couple years ago, one of my good friends and I were faced with a massive problem we couldn't solve. In his wisdom, he said, you know, at this point, we need to stop and ask ourselves, What would an extraordinary person do in this situation? And this resonated with me the whole weekend. And I realized that of all coaches that could be standing at that podium right now in those shoes, you are the extraordinary person. And you have a team of what I call coaching juggernauts. This is not only my opinion. This is a fact. I don't think anyone can dispute this. So my question is, we we write, you know, the Sarkeesian era story. We're not even done with the first chapter yet. Can you unfold some of the onion of what you're working on, how you solve this problem? I realize that you might not even know, but you know, I want to steal from Julian Edelman. It's going to be one hell of a story. Howdy and welcome <laughs> back to the Ineligibles podcast. Pulling the old switcheroo and starting the episode with the quote of the week. Uh, quote of the week by me, Chase Caldwell and Waxahachie. He's Will Stone in uh, Hutta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you are wondering what that uh, weird diatribe was, it was an actual question from an actual reporter <laughs> to Texas head football coach Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, uh, quotes around actual reporter. You know, he's just. A, I don't even know who he is. Like um, I, I know some of the the folks that cover that team, like Mr. like Man. Kirk Bowles and. And uh, I think Cedric Golden covers them, but uh, I never heard of this dude. I, I still don't even know what his name is. So uh, just a bizarre, just a bizarre <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I mean, I guess like I'm not even really sure what he's asking, but like the whole- right, like uh, uh, if you know if they had won a few games this year, then that probably would have been all over the place. That, that would be like I'm a man. I'm forty. Yeah you know, 10 years from now, but I'll probably die in the wake of the losses um, that they've suffered. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What a, what a weird, even, even more of a reason of I, I, what nobody's talking about. Uh, we saw this right before the pod, but he started it by saying good money to you, coach Sarkeesian. Like <laughs> I was dying. Just, I didn't even pick up on that until you said it. that. Uh, Nobody did because, like, it just the further the longer it goes on, the more like it, the more that onion unravels. You know, it, more it's unfolding. Yeah. Uh, because because uh, my favorite part of the entire thing, my absolute favorite part of the entire thing is this is not only my opinion. This is a fact. Yeah. When it when it is an opinion. <laughs> no, no, it's the dictionary definition of, a, of an opinion. Like it's not. It, it is not a fact. Yeah. Uh, it, like even if you're talking to Coach Saban, you can't even say it's a fact. Like it's still an opinion. What is a fact is that's, you can't unfold an onion. <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need to get Shrek on this yeah. guy because Shrek would not be happy. Yeah. He's like, you know, onions have layers. Yeah. Cakes have layers. Yeah. <laughs> Cakes have layers, but onions have layers, and you can't really unfold yeah. those layers very easily yeah. without crying at least. I'm surprised he didn't start crying whenever Coach Sark started unfolding that. Also, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even think I listened to the whole thing. Uh, uh, I, I, I had not even heard the whole thing until you said it all just now. Um, but what's up with quoting Julian Edelman? And <laughs> like, did people even know that that's something that Julian Edelman said? Like, who cares? <laughs> well, that, that's the funniest part is it like, it's not even a question at the end. He's a, he's just saying, you know, but you know, I want to steal from Julian Edelman. It's going to be one hell of a story. Like. This is this, th- this is the biggest like 
kiss ass brown nosing suck up occurrence I've ever seen from someone in the media. Like this is worse than like yeah how people cover politicians. <laughs> like you just like got up there and was right, like, hey, like right. Coach Sark, you, like you're so wonderful and great and wise and handsome, and uh, like you're you're going to be terrific here and blah 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 and. Yeah, why don't you stroke his ego a little bit? <laughs> yeah, too? I mean, like, I get he, I get he's down bad right now, but you don't need to overcompensate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We got to laugh away the pain we lost yeah. this week, but that's okay. Uh, it's uh, It was a good week nonetheless. I mean, um, I, I am less disappointed in this loss than I was the other two losses. If you listened... If you happen to listen to that Mississippi State uh, episode that we did, I was down bad. I was, um, man, I was in my feels. I was, I was very sad, and it was just, it was just the dark times, you yeah. know. And um, that turned around very quickly. But this, this time, it was a hard fought loss. I said that on Twitter. I think I got four likes. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> it, I I felt like I felt like the first half we got way way beaten down. We got way overplayed. We were the absolute worst team on the field. We did not deserve to be where we were at the end of that half. But we were we were there. Sorry, I guess I just kind of jumped into this. Um <laughs> it's all good. Let's 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 go, let's go with it. I just I, I just started flowing with it. Um, I, 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 I the first half we got we got beat down pretty good. We didn't play very well. They they had our number that first half, but whenever we walked off the field and we're we're only down by two possessions, that gave me a lot of confidence. And I remember you being very confident during this game too. You know, because everybody's looking at us like. Where are the ineligibles guys going to say like how are, how disappointed are they right now? And both of us, I mean, I think felt the same way. Like I was confident in how we would come out of the half, and that Jimbo could get us turned around a little bit. Elko could get us turned around a little bit. And you know, we're a second half team. That's what we're good at, and that's what we displayed. Yeah. You know, we came back and we we played well. And I'm not one to say like. I'm not one to put the game on the refs, right? Because if if a game comes down to bad officiating, then you you why are you so close? You know, like if if you'd have done your job, defense had done their job, offense had done their job, you ought to have a comfortable lead, right. you know. And so then you can't you can't blame it as much on officiating. I'm blaming a lot of that game. Uh, well, really the third and, and beginning of the fourth quarter on officiating, we had some bad officiating in that second half. And maybe, maybe we had it in the first half and I just didn't pay as much attention to it because we were playing well or we weren't playing well, but <clears throat> some of those calls were ridiculous. Like almost on the level of like, like, like that one call that we, we got where they, they didn't prevent the offense from, snapping the ball so that we could sub and then still gave him the first down yeah. and try to brush it off. Like, Oh, we're not giving you a, a penalty for 12 men on the field. Uh, hold on. No, they shouldn't have snapped that ball. It was, it was third down, yeah. you know, and you didn't allow us time. to. That get should set. be like a, a, like and, a legal procedure or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I get it from the officiating standpoint of, well, it's not the offense's fault. It's our fault. And it's not the defense's fault. It's our fault. So we're just not going to call the penalty. But they really – I don't know. I mean, maybe you can't really do this in football. They really should have just done over the snap. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, done it as if that, that was a fluke just play. Just replayed it. It was a fluke yeah. play. And and I get that. Like, you can't – you're in a position of how do you fix it, right? Yeah. But But at the same time, it's like – why did it happen in the first place, guys? Come on, yeah. now. what are we doing? And there was a few of those kind of things that really, really hit us hard yeah. and, and bad. And when we had the momentum going, it just it felt like we were we were getting punched in the face. And um, 
So I blame some of it on that. I don't blame the whole loss on that, but I, I have to, I very rarely will ever mention officiating this time. I have to, yeah. like it, it was that blatantly. There's, bad. there's really only, only two games that stand out where I'm like, man, if, if we even have average officiating, we probably win that game. And I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure if we win this game, if we have average officiating, but, uh, in 2019, when we played at Georgia, that was total crap the entire game. Uh, there was yes. countless bad calls that went against us, um, and, and I don't want to rehash it all because it's you know it's it's old news. But um, th- sure. this this game was just as bad, I thought, um, or on yeah. on the same yeah. level. And uh, I, I'm I, I'm I'm the same way. Like I'm not gonna, I, I don't want to get on here and you know be like, oh man, if it wasn't for that one call, then this would happen. And but like this was several bad calls, you know, like, and it, right, it did right. affect. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even bad calls. It was like bad layout of the yeah. game. Like, like you can't really even call that a call, right? Because like it wasn't a bad call or a missed flag or anything like that. But I don't know that it, it was just, I, I know Jimbo had to have been yeah. bad. Um, uh, it maybe even more than he let on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it and there was some of it that went to help us. There was some of it, most of it hurt us, but there were some some things that helped us and it just overall was bad efficient. Yeah. And and um but I'm the same way. I'm not gonna play the what if game. I'm not gonna say, well, what if that call would have gone? Because well, maybe maybe they did do a resnap and then Ole Miss throws a touchdown. Right. You know, I, you can't say what if. Um but there were other – we beat ourselves in a lot of ways too. Should have had that onside kick, you know, um, in the sense of like we had it played up perfectly. We just didn't execute. Yeah. Um, should have had various things. But we shouldn't have been in the position where we needed that yeah. onside kick. You know, ultimately, that's how everything boils down whenever you're doing it. But this was a total team loss. You know, there was there was offensive – problems you know that demas drop in the end zone there was defensive problems they didn't play at all in the first half it didn't seem like um there was special teams problems if you count that that onside kick you yeah know? um yeah in in terms of disappointment um the 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 shining light of this season is the bama win um that kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. is the great equalizer and and it, i think that's the reason i'm not as upset as I am, like I'm not as upset today as I was after Mississippi State. Uh, at the end of that Mississippi State game, I was downright pissed. Like I was throwing stuff and yelling, and I scared uh, my dog, and just like, just absolutely pissed. Like why do I, like why do I even follow this stuff? It's stupid. Uh, our recruiting's going to fall apart. <laughs> like I was, I was in a bad way after after losing to Mississippi State. But yeah, me too. Um, me too. The Bama win, like you know. Yeah, it, it was an outlier. Like we played out of our minds, and uh, you know, it was a magical thing, and we beat them at home, and it was amazing. And uh, outlier or not, it still happened, and that has set the foundation, or you know, set things in motion to hold this recruiting class together, hold this team together. Um, you know, from a culture standpoint, um, and I know that we've talked about, you know, like we've talked every week about, oh, you know, if this happens, then. Uh, maybe a m can win the west and go play georgia and uh yeah i think in the in the back of our minds we weren't counting on it um but it's just the fan in us you know like we're still holding on to hope like you know it's it's it, well it's, i'll be honest i i i didn't expect to lose to i didn't either i really yeah. thought that we would win out and i i wasn't counting on going to the championship but that was because i didn't expect alabama to right lose. um but the, as good as Auburn looked against us, I'm like, man, they they very yeah. well could have Alabama's yeah. number this year. Well, and then and, and then so Bo Nix got hurt this weekend. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you know, it's it's. Uh, sorry, I mean, like at the at the end of the day, this is a season that we we played the whole season with our backup quarterback. Like, um, yeah. we've we had a we have had a terrific defense. Um, I know that we gave up a crap ton of yards. Uh, to Ole Miss, but I did see a, a graphic the other day of uh, uh, points per drive for defenses playing Ole Miss, and A and M performed the best in terms of not allowing points uh, to Ole Miss. And really, like the the worst, I guess the worst of it 
wasn't even on the defense whenever uh, the the fluke interception like that went off Demas's hands and uh, straight to the defender. I mean, our defense is gassed at that point. They're having to play with a short field, so um, I think right. like they ended up their running back ended up with a pretty big lane and uh, ran straight in for a touchdown. But um, it is frustrating because the defense was what we expected it to be going in, and who knows, you know how other the other like the other games would have turned out had had King been healthy. Um maybe we do lose to Bama, maybe we beat everybody else. Maybe we're, you know, eleven and one at the end of the year with one loss to Bama. But um it's it is what it is. Like that's that's just the the reality it of the is. situation. So um You know, honestly though, honestly though, I'm not I think King you know, I've hoped that King will be even better. But I have so much respect for Calzada at this oh, point. Oh, for sure. That, that um, our problem isn't our quarterback. Our problem, at least on offense, is more on our receivers. You know, yeah. and it's it's. I mean, you could say that. Well, it's because he throws the ball too hard. Maybe it is, but if you're a D one receiver and it hits you in your hands, you gotta it, at this point in the season, you gotta be used to your quarterback throwing it. Yeah. Hard. Because you know he does it all game or all practice long every week. So for for, for two months now, that's like like he, right. he, he's got but, he's got reps with the ones for two months straight since King's been hurt. So they they should be adjusted to that yeah, by now. They should be adjusted to that. And then the other part of it is that that we've just had some injuries that that are just kind of the reoccurring stuff that that's out there in our our receivers. So um, it's not necessarily just that they they're not playing yeah. good. It's that we haven't had a real good true rotation of that yet. And that's a position I'd like to see really improved over the off season. But, um, you know, that's what recruiting's for. That's what, um, off seasons are for. And I, I think it will pick yeah. up, you know, I, I've hoped that it will. I, 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 confidence. Yeah. It will, I guess is a bit. I, I definitely agree on the receiver front. Like we don't, we don't really have any, you know, like we don't have the caliber receiver that, that teams like BAM and Ohio state have every year. Um, but we should be performing better than what we've shown so far. I, I think the most frustrating thing for me is I feel like we win that football game if we just run the ball 75% of the time. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I know that Jimbo is stubborn and hard-headed, and uh, maybe he saw like, hey, Ole Miss is gashing us. Maybe we're going to have to throw, like throw our way out of this thing to keep up, but – it just felt like a game where the run game, at least with a chain was working and uh, I get load management and things like that. But at a certain point, you, you got to feed the hot hand. Like a chain could have gone for 200 the other night if he had gotten enough carries. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, what's what, what I'll say just to be contrarian to that. And I don't disagree, but um, all last year and the year before and the year before that, all we talked about was, can we just air the ball out, please, and not stick to the run game so much? And and the general consensus back then was Jimbo's so stubborn that he'll run the ball regardless. And so you got to remember that and take that into account. That I'll say or I'll, this, you may disagree with me here, um, but there's there's been a, a, a big push on Twitter and on Texags and, and places. Not a big push, but I've seen a lot of people saying, "Well, you know, at what point do we say we need to hire a true offensive coordinator and move the play call?" This is on Jimbo's play calling. I don't think so much. I I put a portion of it. I agree with you on we should have run the ball more in this game, and and we should have run the ball more against Mississippi State. Um, Hell, we shouldn't run the ball more against Arkansas. Um, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm not. Let, I'm not going to let one or even three losses be a reason why I abandon Jimbo's decision making on on play yeah. because I'm looking more so at well, we beat Bama. Well, look how we played against these other teams, and I'm. I am thinking that, you know, could there be tweaks? Absolutely. There can always be tweaks. But um, who do you bring in as an offensive coordinator that's a better offensive mind than Jimbo? I, I well, don't I think, think there's that many of them. I, I think, think as far as that goes, 
like even talking about that is pointless because it's never going to happen. Jimbo, as long as Jimbo's breathing, yeah, he's right, not giving right. up play calling duties. It's it's just right, not right. ever going to happen. <laughs> um, so yeah. at this point, like what we have is what we got. So uh, Jimbo's our guy. Yeah, he's going right. to bring in elite players and uh, his system is going to be our system. So <laughs> it's just kind of the way it is. But I, I do wonder if. Well, and I, I, I'm just more so saying like, don't, don't, don't give up on Jimbo just because of a loss. Yeah. Like, yeah. We've got, we've got an amazing coach that he's going to, he's already taken us to new heights, but he's going to continue that trajectory. And I have absolute faith in the next coming years, we will be at new heights and maybe national championships. Yeah. And, and we can't, we can't as a fan base give up on our head coach, like every other fan base across the country, whenever we have a couple of yeah. losses. You know we've got to we've got to stick to it, and um, that's just my little box yeah. that I wanted to say. And I think it's <laughs> it's a good idea to keep in mind here that we know like five percent of what Jimbo knows about football, and, and what that coaching staff knows about right. football and, and this team and uh, things like that. And you know, I, I, we don't know how much control the quarterback has in terms of play calling, like is. <laughs> Is, is Calzada seeing, you know, certain reads that like maybe he checked out of a run play here or there or something like that. Um, and also like Jimbo has tended to go after more dual threat quarterbacks. So I know that, that Zach isn't, you know, a statue, but he's not that great of an athlete. He's not as good of an athlete as Haynes or even like a guy like Connor Wigman. Um, mm-hmm. So I wonder like how the offense will look with a true dual threat back there, because we only saw a very small sample size with, with King. Yeah, and I, I think it'll look a lot better because I think we spread them out more, and and we they have to, you know, right now we're having to rely on the run game to make them respect the run to where then we can open up passing opportunities. But when your quarterback looks down a receiver, it's real quick and easy to know whether or not they're throwing the ball or whether they're running the ball. And so we've got that check down that we have all the time that's our our that we have to rely on when you have to respect the quarterback's legs, that's a different way of being on defense. You can't you can't sell out one way or the other because every pass play is a run play. Yeah. You know, you have to defend both every play. That makes it so hard. And then whenever you're selling out to the pass and the QB spy and you hit you hit them with an A chain run right up the gut and you just overpower, you know, them in a dime defense, you're you're talking about really gashing some teams and and that's where where I I do expect that we're going to be you know in a lot better shape when we do have a true dual credit I keep saying dual credit I mean dual credit. <laughs> a true dual credit English class um, yeah right a true dual credit uh, <laughs> British lit um but yeah I mean that's that's about all I've got to say about about AM. uh it's uh, it, sure, it, it sucks too. but hey you know it's it's a year where we played our backup quarterback the entire year. And uh, also, sorry, this, this last thing I want to say about Zach, uh, he's out there in a knee brace and a shoulder brace. <laughs> like He's he's taking a freaking beating this season. And uh, he's, so tough. He's, he's tough as nails and uh, deserves all kinds of credit for uh, for how tough he's been this season and uh, the stuff he's, he's gone through. But um, at the end of the day, like this season, you can get to – 10 and three, you know, go, go beat LSU. You have to do that with the state that they're in and they're playing a little bit better than they, than they were a month ago. Um, so go out, beat them in death Valley. Uh, they're going to be playing for a bowl bid in that game. So, uh, end end Ed Orgeron's career on a low note, uh, go in there and, and kick their ass. Uh, and then after that, yeah, hopefully right. we get paired up with some, you know, big 10 team that's, uh, slow and doesn't know how to pass the football and uh we just run them out of the building in the gator bowl or something like that that'd be a lot of fun outback bowl that'd be fun too i think that's a big 10 tie-in but um well um you know uh uh, just speaking of lsu speaking of the big 10 you know the outback bowl where ou played once upon a time that that gives us a real good transition into the coaching carousel which we'll get into right after 
this word from DraftKings.com. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Shout out to DraftKings. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, before right. we talk about... The official sports betting partner of the Yeah, NFL. that's right. Um <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into the coaching carousel, I do want to point out that Texas lost to Kansas in football. Um, <laughs> just wanted to make sure that everybody was aware of that fact. That actually is a fact, um, not an opinion. They, uh, <laughs> they all know that that is a fact. No, not, no opinion there. Uh, that's not just my opinion. That is yeah. a fact. I don't think anybody can argue yeah. that. Hey, uh, look, I, I saw this sentiment a lot on Twitter. I'm not going to let my team losing distract me from reveling in the, in the misery of, of the Longhorn <laughs> fan base right now. Not um, at all. Not at all. But we, we, we talk about them a lot and uh, I don't want to go on a tangent about Texas, but uh, things are bad. Uh, they are constant. They've, they've been in the media every day for a not good reason for what seems like a month. Um, Athletic directors and donors are having to come out in support of Sark. Like, hey, you're our guy. We're like, yeah, it's year one. <laughs> like, you can't. Hey, you're paying him, aren't <laughs> yeah. you? Like, I hope you're not firing him after one season. But um, things are looking rough. Uh, Bijan is out for the season, uh, which the season may only be two more games at this point for them. So yeah. uh, I don't know that it really matters. Um, but, yeah, uh, they've – they got a lot of stuff to figure out for next season, um, and luckily for AM, and uh, it's all about recruiting. It's what we always say, and it's it's gonna you it's gonna the, be tough for them I to think, recruit with with the season that they've just had. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> it. You know, if I was Texas, I think I would just have a COVID outbreak in the next couple of days. That way, I don't have to play play the next two games. <laughs> just go ahead and just forfeit them due to COVID. Uh, you're still gonna have a losing record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, no you can't avoid one. four and eight. It's uh, coming for you, whether you like it or not. It's coming for you, no matter what. No, ser- seriously, um, at this point, just play all freshmen. Like, don't give a crap. Just, sure. just if like if I was a Texas fan, I would be like, I don't give a crap about the seniors. If they're playing poorly, uh, I don't care. Put in someone who will be here next year, so we can get them some experience. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I think you know I mentioned the coaches coaching carousel, which we want to talk about, but I, I think it pairs very well with with recruiting and what's going on nationally. Um, so I really wanted to kind of talk both, um, and we could talk coaching carousel first. We could talk recruiting first. I'm, I'm getting either way because it really is just a matter of there's a lot going on. There's a lot of movement out there. There's a lot of paychecks being had on, on coaches and um, let's do a lot of uncertainty across. Let's the do carousel because I, there, there is a, a tie in with recruiting there for sure. Um, like, right. like every coaching carousel is crazy. It happens every off season. Uh, and like, it's always fascinating, but this feels like a special, like a, or just a different kind of year, like more craziness than usual with the, just sheer amount of jobs that are already open uh, and and what those jobs right. are like USC and LSU are both open, both very high profile, big name jobs. Um, yeah. Virginia tech just let their coach go. Uh, Texas tech has already fired and rehired and hired a coach in, in, in the yeah. past month. TCU let their, TCU let their coach fired a coach who has a statue of him 
on at the stadium uh on the fired him midseason so D- midseason yeah. like at least wait till the end yeah. of the season come on and i know that he had the option but still but, like y- you didn't have to to make him make that decision in october um yeah mel tucker just got a 95 million dollar 10-year deal so which is so lsu is definitely the big one here and mel tucker was a name that i mean he was probably in the top two or three at least from 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 people speculating that's who like he was in the top two or three of who people expected to eventually get that job um Mm-hmm. Well, Michigan State, uh, n- noted rich school, <laughs> just came out and said, mm-hmm. nobody's still in our coach. We're, we're not going to let that happen. Yeah. Um, well, they were like, they were like, we already lost Saban. <laughs> and know? that's a, that's an excellent point. I didn't even think of that. Like, <laughs> Saban was there. And not only that, they lost them to LSU. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh, like, that's <laughs> that's right. Like, no, no, no. Not, not this again. time. <laughs> not again. Only once. We learned the first time. <laughs> but I, I got you this yeah. time, LSU. Let me tell yeah. you. You want to come hire my coach? Good. That means that he's going to win a national championship. I mean, and not to say that Mel Tucker is the next is the next Saban, but imagine if if in some alternate universe that Saban stays at Michigan State and just builds this powerhouse yeah, right. in East Lansing. It's it's crazy. Um but but you know like I, I I made this comparison whenever we were talking about it like like if you look at A and M ten fifteen years ago it was A and M and then you had UT OU and LSU all around us that were you had Saban over at LSU you had um, Mac Brown over at Texas and you had uh, Stoops up in Oklahoma and they were all like the powerhouses you know at the time. And we, at that point in time, whether you like it or not, you could tell me about how good we were in the 90s all you want to. But A&M was a little brother in a lot of ways. You know, that was not little brother, but over Especially from a, from a, you know, from we a brand perspective, which is like Michigan but, State's in that scenario, right, right. like with the, all those other big brands. That's exactly what I was trying to say, which is, you know, you got Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State. Well, of those four brands, which one are you going to say is the lower of the right. four? You'd probably say Michigan State would be just in the same sense if you said Texas, OU, LSU, and A and M, especially you know 15 years ago. Who are you looking at at the bottom of that that list? Well, you'd probably say A and M, you know. And so they're doing virtually what we did when we offered Jimbo of we want to give you a long extension. We want you to build our program. We believe in you. We think you're our guy. Get us there. You know, and and I think good for Mel Tucker. I'm a huge Mel Tucker supporter. I, I he has really impressed me. Um, done some really really good things, and so uh, I think it's a really good move for them. You may very well see them having a similar trajectory as us in Clemson. You know, yeah, no, I think it's it's great for Michigan State because they they put their foot down and said you are not going to keep us from being successful. We're not going to let some, some, right. you know, hot shot blue blood come in here and, and take our guy that we think can, can lead us to uh, a lot of success. Um, and that makes me happy. Like I, I want teams like that to be Absolutely. good. Like, like they had a run under, under D'Antonio where, you know, like they made the playoff, like they were, you know, in it every year. And I was like, man, like they're really overachieving with Antonio. Um, when he's done, they may never be good again. Um, and now that they, they yeah. you know, they, uh, have made a good hire. And I mean, 95 million, that is insane money. Like I'm not trying to dog it and like be the, you know, people in the media that bitch about coaching salaries, but this is a shit ton of money. <laughs> like the, the, this well, is that, that what Jimbo has yes. now in his extension? And like, yeah. you know, so we're talking, we're talking a Michigan school paying oil money. Well, and like for a coach that has been there one season, I guess, you know, one and a half. Yeah, right, and, right. Uh, like Jimbo, like <laughs> yeah, but, we had to over, like, you know, quote unquote overpay to get him here when he already had a national mm-hmm. title. Like, and then we had to, you know, quote unquote overpay to keep him here, to keep him from going to LSU. And, you know, Michigan State's just at that step already. They're like, hey, LSU's not taking this one again. <laughs> like we're going to pay him just yeah. a, a ton of money. And I mean, like 10 years, 95 million, um, that's, uh, this this is a crazy sport. Like it's and, and good for him. absolutely. But it begs the question: Who 
is going to go to LSU because because Mel Mel Tucker. I really do think that that move was because he was their number one guy. Oh yeah, um, I I have that faith. Um, but you know they they were after Jimbo, yeah. and and um, that I you could call me a, a you know whatever you want to. But I believe Jimbo and what he's saying. You know, it's it's not a similar thing where he's forced to say no. I love a And M. He's 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 in my opinion putting out some questions out there so that he can address the question because he's tired of hearing it every time he turns on. Yeah, you know? yeah. We didn't even talk and about that. So he's he's getting people to ask him like, hey, hey ask me about in his press conference know, on Monday. So that I can um, address. Him. I believe it was Olin, right? Olin Buchanan. From Texas that asked him, yeah. uh, you know, I don't even know what like what he said, but it was about the LSU job, and Jimbo like he let it be known that he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like for the third yeah. time, all, all three times that he's answered that question, it, it's like I I love my farm here. I love I love this place. Y'all raised all kinds of money for my kids' first fund. I love the people here. I love the administration here. I think we've got to like. I'm this last time he said I'm recruiting and this is almost the number one class. It will be the number one class. Oh, he like, said, I, he said, I'm the dumbest human being on earth. If I leave this job. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that, and that was his be. quote. He really would be. And, and it's not just because he's at the best university in the whole wide world. It's not that it's, he has built a powerhouse here and all of his hard work. Somebody would reap the rewards of all of his hard work. Yeah. If he left. You know, and and he, he would be dumb to yeah. but but what's the most flattering thing to me is one of our biggest rivals are all they're they're wanting our coach. You know, when when was the last time that we were worried that our head coach was going to get hired somewhere else? There was that brief like someone to USC rumors like it was it was never anything substantial but like uh, i think that may yeah. have you know caused us to to overpay someone a bit but it was never given given yeah, a scare but, but oh he would have left he would have left for it yes if we didn't yeah. do it one time i was playing with jackson and um i can't think of a little someone's name uh but we were playing we we're playing uh, ncaa football in the in the uh equipment room and in the littlest someone, he was a little kid at the time. He played with USC, and he was like, "My dad's favorite school is USC, but don't tell anybody." <laughs> so he, so he would have taken that job, huh? <laughs> oh, he he would have taken that job yeah. for sure. Um, and I think it was good that we kept someone. I think someone was a good coach, and I've said that before. I'll always stand by that. But but we're talking like Jimbo is one of the big names and some of these big programs who are looking for a coach and you give it a couple more cycles and he's here eventually. I mean, what's the likelihood that Debo Swinney leaves Clemson for somewhere? I don't think he's going. No, of course they probably said that about Jimbo in in Florida state once upon a time, but it's, it's different with, I don't think he's going. I mean, what what's crazy is Michigan State is paying Mel Tucker nine point five, and like that's more than Florida State will will ever pay a coach. I mean, at least under uh, right, like under current right. circumstances, um, for sure. Like it's about the level of commitment, and maybe like that's uh, you know a point I just kind of thought of is you know with like these richer conference, like the Big Ten is the second richest conference, you know, in terms of TV money, um, is that going to you know lead to more situations like this where their their second tier schools get really good coaches and are able to hang on to them because they have more funds than they used to have you know um and same for sec schools you know and uh things like that but Mm -hmm. it's just super interesting this entire sport and all the different dynamics at play i love it i love it um how about Um, this uh sorry go ahead what were I was going to bring first? up Lincoln Riley. Uh, I was about to say, do you think Lincoln would? I don't go? think so. I don't think he is. Um, which, in turn, leads me to not know who the heck LSU is going to hire. Uh, 
if, if you're not on Twitter, like the, the, the link into LSU stuff really heated up this week, at least in some LSU circles. Um, but I think Bruce Feldman kind of came out and uh, kind of put those rumors down a little bit. Uh, he's a writer for The Athletic um, and decently well-connected. Uh, so, so no, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think, I don't think Lincoln leaves and I really don't know who they go after. M- maybe James Franklin. You know, if I, if I was in, if I was in Lincoln's position, I, I would be looking at either a leave a, tr- a blue blood. O- OU is a blue blood just as much as LSU is, but I either leave a blue blood program to go work for another blue blood program that is in the SEC, but we're going to join the SEC so recruiting-wise, would it be easier to recruit for LSU and say, hey, we're going to turn around this program that hasn't been doing well? Or would it be easier to recruit OU saying, hey, we're the new shiny vehicle in the SEC. Do you want to come join us and, and start right. you know, a program here? So I, I think if I was Lincoln, I would probably stay in, in OU for that. Well, and it's it's interesting because if, if the Big 12 was going to stay intact, like if, if OU wasn't going to join the SEC – then I think Lincoln would be crazy to leave. Like there's a 0% chance he, he should do that. Uh, because yeah. like the way it is now, OU is going to win the Big 12 pretty much every year. I mean, it's it's just mm-hmm. the, the way things are right now. If it, like like That's not an opinion. That's, that's a fact. fact. <laughs> They've won six in a row. <laughs> um, like right. So he'd be leaving that super easy job, super easy path to the playoff. And like, you know, he's sure. – They've done a better job of you know recruiting some some defensive players, um, but then like jumping over to LSU where you know you still have Alabama, you have an emerging A and M, uh, an Auburn who's pretty tough, Ole Miss with Lane for the time being, you know. So, um, but with OU joining, like they're going to be in the same league. It's it is interesting. Um, I think he's making the right call in yeah. staying there. Um, I think he's got a pretty long leash. You know, he could. Uh, like if he gets to LSU and you know has two bad years, he might be out. So <laughs> why not yeah. stay where you got some security? But um, well, here let me let me flip this on its on its head for a second and ask you this question: If you were LSU, who would you hire? If you keep it realistic on somebody that you could hire, not Saban, like I, or, you know that or Jimbo, <laughs> who would you who would you hire? Who do you think you would have a good opportunity? Hiring? At this point, I would go all in on Lane Kiffin. Lane and Kiffin. and I don't even like at, on a personal level I don't like Lane at all from a from yeah. a winning football games perspective uh, I think Lane would kill it at LSU um, they they have a natural uh, like a built in natural advantage of landing great defensive players because of the state that they exist in um, Lane would bring like he he'd find a quarterback you know year one like he'd go to the, tra- the transfer portal something like that to get a good quarterback and when LSU has a good quarterback and good offense they're pretty daggum good they're going to win probably 10 11 games every year when they when they have a good offense so mm-hmm. um, I would definitely skew offensive minded if I was hiring a coach for LSU and I mean right now I mean Lane he's he's tearing it up he's doing good I I would go exactly the opposite of you, though. I would go David Aranda. Aranda. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be really adamant on trying to get a, a good defensive coach, you know, defensive minded coach, I guess. And um, you know, they have history with Aranda, but there there again, I don't know if maybe they have bad history with right. Aranda. You know, there might be some skeletons in that closet. Yeah, there. well, and and I love I I, I love Aranda. I think he's a that. he's a terrific coach. Um, uh, I, He's done really well. I'm, I'm impressed by how well Baylor does at hiring coaches. Like post Art Browse, they've hired Matt Rule, who was awesome and got poached by an NFL team. Um, and then they hired yeah. Aranda, who's uh, got them still contending for the Big 12 title. I, I think there's a way they can get in. I'm not certain, but. Well, and, and, uh, and Art Browse, uh, you kind of glazed over that, but that was a good good. It was. Team, it was. And, and so. I, I agree. Baylor does have a, a knack for doing that, but you know, the, another one I might look at is Gary Patterson. Yeah, it it would be a tougher sell than the other two. I, I think. I think it wouldn't be. A big I think splash. those are the top two. I think Aranda and, and Kiffin, like, and they're and they're so 
they're polar opposites. <laughs> like, like Aranda, by all, yeah. by all accounts, a really nice person, um, like good character person, great, uh, you know, like you'd have a really good culture with him as your coach. And I don't know if like, like LSU kind of recruits itself. No, it doesn't really fit LSU. It, it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, like he wouldn't bring, I, I, I'm not sure if he brings a ton of recruiting juice, um, but he'd, he'd recruit well enough because it's LSU. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't, it, it'd definitely be an old school kind of SEC team, which I, I'm, it's what he's doing at Baylor. Like they're running the football, they're playing great defense. Um, that's what, that's, that's what Jumbo does, <laughs> and I like that. Yeah, so, right. um, if if they got either one of those guys, I think it'd be a really solid hire. Yeah, I, I agree. I I I do like the Gary Patterson hire though, because I ha- I think Gary Patterson's a really good coach. I think he had he had TCU doing better in recruiting than TCU's ever done, but he was selling TCU at the end yeah. of the day. So. You give him a, a true like LSU that you could sell, I bet he could do a really good job. But there again, if you're LSU, you're wanting to make a big splash and you're wanting to be all over the news and everything yeah. like that. And you just wouldn't do that with a Gary Patterson hire. Um, so I, I'd expect I'd expect those two that we talked about. I, but if you're Lane Kiffin, why would you leave? Well, I mean – you're going to get better players at LSU than you will Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. And you, and, I mean, and, I and you'll that, probably get but, paid more. But I, yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, I feel like you could recruit almost at the same level. Well, and sp- speaking of Lane, um, on in the in the Twitter sphere this week, there are uh, apparently some Miami fans or Miami donors that are. Uh, like really on the Kiffin train or on the lane, on the lane train, yeah. I should say. So um, if, 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 if either Miami or, or Florida, like if Florida fires Dan Mullen, sounds like they'd be going after lane. Yeah. I, I, that would, that I could see that. Yeah. I, I feel like he could recruit better even there. Um, I didn't think about Florida hiring their yeah. coach. After, like it's been a rough few weeks for Dan Mullen and uh, I know he's weird. Like, like I, I don't really like him that much, but I think he is a good football coach. And um, for whatever reason, things don't seem to be working out at Florida. And that's, I, I didn't expect that at all. I thought he would get Florida back on track. I, and, I was scared of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was truly scared of them this year because I, I, I thought, I think he's a really good coach. But um, for whatever reason, things are kind of falling apart. And if like Florida is one of those schools, like an LSU or Auburn or whoever, like if if they feel like making a change, it doesn't matter how many years it's been that they won a lot of games last year. They don't care. They say, "Hey, what have you done for me lately? For me lately, you're doing a bad job. Now we're going to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. We're going to go hire Lane Kiffin." Um, that like. <laughs> if you if you gave me odds on on Lane Kiffin coaching at Ole Miss next year, I, I would take the field. I think he's coaching somewhere other than Oxford next season. Like like some big job is going to go really? all in on him. I don't know if it's if it's LSU. I don't know if it's Miami or Florida, uh, but but somebody I feel like is going to give him a huge contract uh, to to come coach them. But you know, a, a couple of the interesting jobs are, are like. Well, Miami and Florida are both very interesting because they're in the talent hotbed of you know the Southeast and and Florida. Um, but Washington is open. I don't know if we've hit that yet. They fired their coach um, after. <laughs> yeah, we did last last week when we talked about their terrible, terrible, terrible <laughs> give up on that on that game. Yeah. But, so uh, um, that's that that's a good job. Like it's not a a blue blood job or an elite job, but it's a very good one and they can lure a really good coach out there. I've seen like some have floated the, the BYU coach, uh, Kalani Sataki, uh, that, that they keep, mm-hmm. that they might go after him. But, um, I don't know. It feels like, like everything West of 
like the central time zone it's just like a different country <laughs> like they just hire their own like right, oh, that's a different right. coaching carousel over there and then over here we've got, it we've is. got it, the it southeast really and the midwest like and like all these coaches are like they stay on this side of the country um we'll have to get kyle on to talk about that i know he's 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 all he's all about that yeah. stuff um but yeah, and then Virginia Tech. So some of these, some of these are going to have to go down into to lower level programs, yeah. you know, like a like a Cincinnati or you know, some of the American coaches, maybe even lower than that, you know, Cusa or yeah. something. Um, there's just too many jobs out there, unless they truly do a carousel and everybody switches jerseys, yeah. you know. But I don't see that happening. I mean, somebody's going to get a good coach in Dan Mullen. Um, Somebody's going to get a good coach in Gary Patterson, in my opinion. Um, if you're thinking that, that Lane Kiffin's leaving, see, I wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought that he'd have stayed. But, uh, you know, the more I think about it, the more I, I kind of love Lane being at Miami just because, like, like, oh, like, he would, he would love because he is Miami. such a villain. Like, he fully embraces that. Yeah. And, Miami was the villain back in their heyday, <laughs> like like just right. causing you know a ruckus, and uh, he, he he would fit that program very well, I think. Um, yeah, but yeah, like some of these, like like who the hell is TCU going to hire? You know, they talked about Sonny Dykes, but TCU TCU they're going to be in, in yeah. rough shape because who's going to want to go yeah. there? I mean, they're they're about to lose their best recruiting tool and being in the Big yeah. Twelve. It's not going to be. The you same. Know, and there's, there's good there's good coaches out there. Like I don't like you talked about. You know, hiring from from some, from some lower level programs. Like uh, the coach at, at Lafayette, uh, Napier. Uh, he's a great coach. Like yeah, I I assumed he was at the top of LSU's list, but now it sounds like he's you know their eighth or ninth option, and he, he might be the guy anyway. Yeah. Um, well, you got Coach Trailer down at the University of yeah. Texas the the roadrunners um he just got a big extension not the one that that mel tucker got but um multi-year deal uh multi millions of dollar deal so um well here's here's a question that i haven't really heard floated around but will somebody go out there and grab um oh i just went blank on his name oh at uh, uh oklahoma state gundy mullet man Mike Gundy. If I'm Mike Gundy, I don't want to stay at Ohio or Oklahoma, I keep saying Ohio, Oklahoma State. I don't want to go down with that Big Twelve sinking ship. I'm I'm out of there. Would I'm would LSU? Same with Randa. Would LSU time. hire Gundy? They very well could. What about what about? I haven't seen that floated around much, but that would be a big that would be a good hire. Whoever would hire him, he's a good coach. You know what I've forgotten about during this whole conversation is that USC is open. Like, that's a a so called yeah, you know that's true. blue blood that, job. That, that could be a good place and to go get Gundy. Truly, I don't, I don't know uh, what they're gonna do. Um, I don't either. I don't. USC has been they're they're like University of Texas. Um, you know, and some of you just others. stop with that. You stop they're, there. They're like, <laughs> Or Nebraska, or Nebraska yeah. even, and I, or Nebraska, yeah. um, Notre Dame, which has always been trash. But you know what's funny yeah. is um, whatever they're lucky. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, James Franklin, the coach at Penn State. He uh, like he's been rumored to like so many places. Like he's been rumored to USC and rumored to LSU. You know, uh, for, for, like. Presumably because those are upgrades, and Penn State fans at this point are like, "Yeah, like y'all can take him. <laughs> like we don't care." Uh, Honestly, I would be scared to death of James Franklin at LSU. See, I would have been. He's a he's a really. Good I would have been before, but now I just don't know. Like, I think he would recruit really well, but um, I don't know. I, I I still think he's a good coach. I think he's done some good things at Penn State, but. Um, I'm not as high on him as I as I once was. You know, back in the day when when Texas hired Charlie Strong, I thought they were stupid for not hiring James Franklin because they could have gotten him easily. Mm-hmm. They should have gone all in on him. And I thought, you know, he he would probably still be there if they had hired him, and they wouldn't be on their on their yeah. third guy, you know, possibly fourth guy in the next few years. But um, 
Anybody else that we left out of the carousel? Uh, PJ Fleck. He's a good coach that I, I think could could perform well in different yeah. places. But I don't know. How long has he been at Minnesota? I don't know. I, I know he got extended like a few weeks ago. And that's not going to deter anybody from coming in there with a lot of money and buying him out. But, right, uh, right. Uh, but that, that that there could be a little yeah. bit of smoke there. But I, 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 I like I like Fleck that, too. That could go somewhere. Um, the, the the Virginia Tech job is really interesting to me, um, probably because they were good when I was a kid. But that's not really who they are historically. Um, like they they definitely overachieve with like they had Michael Vick and you know and, Vick, and played yeah. for a title and uh, like they were consistently good like ten win good for like a decade. And I don't know if they can like ever sustain that. that yeah. Um, yeah. You know who they should hire now that I think about this, it's kind of in the same part of the country is the coach at coastal Carolina. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a unique offense. Um, I've heard that guy talk. He's a very likable guy. Um, knows that part of the country really well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, hell, hell yeah. If, if I'm them, I'm going all in on, on Jamie Chadwell, uh, bring, yeah. You know, if, if you can't recruit the best of the best, uh, go do something that nobody that nobody else does, and that's what they would get from a coach like him. But uh, yeah, it's I'm trying to think who else. What are the jobs going to come open that hasn't already? Like as of now, Florida and Miami still have coaches. They, they have not fired their coaches yet. Um, there's nothing imminent there. Um, Texas still has a coach. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Uh, let's see here. If OU or if, if Riley left, that would be fun. If like, just from the standpoint of who would OU go higher because they, well, that, that, that's what I was going to say is that you're, I think, I think most of the, other than, other than Dan Mullen, I think most of the coaches that are going to get fired have been fired because Dan Mullen hadn't officially been fired. No. Yeah. So, I mean, He's, he probably will be. I, I'd imagine yeah. he will be. But I don't know of any others that are just going to lose their job because of performance. Yeah. I think the ones that, that might lose lose their job – or not lose their job, the vacancies that will come out there are really going to be from their coach leaving. Right. Like if, if Kiffin leaves, who's Ole Miss target and, and things like that. Right. Um, yeah, that's – uh, that's why they call it silly season. Um, and you know, it's just, if it's never been like this, it's never been pushed up this, like into the season like this, like it's usually like mm-hmm. Thanksgiving weekend, like that Sunday, it's like black Sunday, like coaches just start getting fired left and right. And you know, that's how it's always been in the past. But, um, this is kind of the recruiting point I wanted to, to tie in here is, it's, it's what they have to do for early season. They have Monday, to. Right? That's what you're about yeah. to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's what I was going to say too. I mean, they but have what's to. funny is. Yeah. I hate it. I don't like that the coaches get yeah. fired before the end of the season, but you well, have to. And now like TCU did that to, to try to get out in front of it and they don't have a replacement and their class right. is getting ransacked. Like uh, there was a cornerback that uh, was a four-star kid that, was committed to Texas. Uh, it was, it was uh, Jalen Gilbo. Jalen yeah, Gilbo. So he was committed yeah. to UT. Um, uh, A&M kind of liked him too. And he was he was committed to, to Texas, but then flipped to TCU. Uh, sounds like he's going to flip back. He may have done so already. I have not kept up with that. but um, It's flip it's, season. It's, <laughs> it's flipmas, as some may say. Flipmas, flipmas. <laughs> that's what they call it. Um, but yeah, so it kind of backfired on them. Like, and, you know, Texas Tech was the opposite. Like they fired their coach, and they've already hired their replacement, and he's already recruiting for him. Like you know, if you, yeah, and he's he's been doing yeah. So good if too. if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah. do that, if you're gonna fire a guy in October, um, before the time changes, you better already have yeah, your other guy. You better have something to sell to recruits, or they're gonna go elsewhere. So, or you better be in LSU or somewhere that that every coach in right because it's. That's exactly right because LSU has done the same thing, and yeah. everyone's like, "Well, I'm just going to wait and see who they hire because it's still LSU." Like TCU does not have that right. that cachet or that benefit of the doubt. Yeah, Virginia Tech doesn't have that. You know, 
Some of those smaller schools don't have that, that yeah, luxury. But lucky for us, we've got our coach for the next decade. <laughs> so uh, we can right we can uh, right we can talk about the the coaching carousel every year and uh, geek out over it. But um, hopefully, it will not affect us uh, at the head coach level for for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, I think we'll probably have some news and some some recruitment or recruiting, you know, movement and stuff between now and next yeah. week. Um, to where next week, next episode, we may be talking a little bit more about that. I mean, we're we're gonna pre- play preview this week. There's probably hope there better not be a whole lot to talk about the game, um, but but I think I think you know we'll probably there'll probably be a lot more movement by then yeah. too. Well, and. Um, uh, there's been a lot this week, so I'd imagine there will be even more. Yeah, uh, A&M actually added to their um, their 2022 class with running back uh, Le'Veon Moss. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot that was since last time. Yeah, a top 100 running back out of uh, – I think he's from Louisiana. Um, he is. Formerly committed to Alabama. Uh, when he decommitted a few months ago, we kind of thought it was going to be like an imminent – like or like an immediate flip to, to A&M. But uh, he's waited a while and uh, finally pulled the trigger. So um, I expect he's the the lone running back in this class. But he's a good one. I mean, he's a high four star kid, and yeah. um, he's a he's a good looking running back prospect. But he reminds me a lot of like um, Derrick Henry, kind of that that kind of. Derrick Henry might not be the best comparison, but he's a big he, back. And he's, he's he kind of reminds me of the of the back that uh, Bama has now. Uh, Brian Robinson, I think is his name. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's a good. That's he, a good he reminds me of him, just like in the way he's built and and things like that. Um, the 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 pr- the prize at running back is going to be in the twenty twenty three class with Reuben Owens from El Campo. Uh, shout out to the Rice Birds, yeah. but um, yeah. It, Wharton He's uh, hey, don't fall asleep over there, in, in when you're in Wharton yeah, County. Um, Nobody's no. doing that. Uh, but yeah, he's a, I think he's a five star. He's a very highly rated running back in in next year's class. So yeah, he's he's one of the three five stars in Dave Campbell's Texas. Ooh, football. there you go, there you go. They just announced that. Also, uh, El Campo making a playoff run with him. So uh, let's see if they can if they can go the distance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've become kind of spoiled when it comes to recruiting because I'm I'm so ready for the next yeah. one that I already forget about the last one, and I feel bad whenever I do well, that. Well, and like we're so close to the top that I'm like, just get us over that 300. Well, and we should be excited, and we are, but with the way things are currently, we kind of know what's going to happen. Like we don't know for sure, but we've got an idea, yeah. and just like. Whenever it happens, like we celebrate, but it's, you know, I, I kind of miss the shockers that come out of nowhere. Like when 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 yeah. when, when Demas committed, we we're like, oh, like no one saw that coming, <laughs> and you know things like right. that. But hey, I'm not complaining. Like we might have the freaking number one class in the country. So, um, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to that signing day show that we'll we'll inevitably oh for sure do because. Um, you're like me, but I'm very much this way. I don't really watch film until the classes come right. together, you know. And then, like once once they're signed, I'll spend all signing day just doing nothing but watching mm-hmm. film. And I'll watch film on like guys that went to went to you know Alabama. And then between early signing day and regular signing day, I'll watch you know film on the guys that were yeah. after, you know, to determine which one I want more yeah. than the other. But when you're talking about 250 people I'm not watching all yeah, the film, but, yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah uh, it's an exciting time still even though uh, coming off a loss um, I feel good about this weekend's game I'm just gonna put that out there me too um, we don't really have a lot of time to it'll get be, into the be, some of the big back I expect for us to win handedly, handedly. who are we playing PV oh Prayer- oh okay. It's a, a, my a, opponent's A and M of Prairie View. It's in uh, yeah. Hempstead. <laughs> Prairie View Agricultural and Mechanical College. Uh, yeah, we don't have time to get to get it's into in the uh, nitty gritty of who's all playing this weekend, but um, 
Oregon's playing at Utah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who's going to have the toughest time this weekend, and that's going to be the fight in Texas Aggie Band. That's true. It's going to be a dog. They're going to have their hands full. This isn't a. This isn't a toss up win like no, they're used sir. to. You're going to have TT on the mic, and it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be tough. I love their band. I can't wait to yep. see their band. But it's Military Appreciation Week for the Aggie Band, and it's Prairie View A and M. This is like the national championship of bands. Yeah. These are the two best bands in the country. I don't think there's any doubt. For sure. Going yep. head to head. But top of their game. We always win halftime, but I don't know if we can pull this one out. We might not this week. It's not a guarantee. Yep. All right, y'all. Enjoy your weekend. Juices.